Welcome to Cathedral of Holiness Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. I am Bishop Dawn R. Brown, Senior Pastor and Founder. I pray that today's message inspires, uplifts, challenges, and more importantly, helps you to make a decision about your spiritual journey. I hope you enjoy the message. How important the word is, amen, to put the word into song, amen, giving the Lord a, a, that, that, that prayer is a blueprint for us to speak to God and to talk to him, amen, truly give our arms to God, to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, to all of our clergy and deacons and trustees and to all of my visitors, amen, online, don't have any visitors here with us today, but online, amen, um, we, God bless all of you members as well online, we thank God for another day, good to see you Latasha, amen, good to see you, good to see you in the house, amen, God bless you, I know it's been rough, amen, but the Lord is with you, amen, the Lord is with you, amen, um, if you turn with me to the scripture that was read for your hearing, 1 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, we're going to be lifting up verses 4 through 6. Amen. Amen. Be praying for Elder Shirley, and she was on her way to church with her great-granddaughter. And uh, great-granddaughter coming to worship with us, and the car started shaking. Amen. And so she had to turn around, and she had to stop and pray that the Lord would just get her, um, get her home. And so um, he did get the baby home and got her home, amen. But I believe she's online, so praise the Lord, Elder Shirley, amen. 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 Praise the Lord for your safe home, so safe return home. So just be praying for her. That the, you know, we're just not going to ask God to, um, you know, I told you, both prayers honor God. God honors both prayers. So we're not going to ask God for for her car to get fixed. We're going to ask God for a new car. Amen. We just want to ask God to give her a new vehicle in the name of Jesus. Amen. And we're going to believe him for it. Amen. The record of God says, Now these things, brethren, I have figuratively transferred to myself and Apollos for your sake, that you may learn in us not to think beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up on behalf of one against the other. For who makes you defer from another? And what do you have that you did not receive? Now, if you did indeed receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? Amen. Thus ends the reading of God's holy word. And I'd like to lift up this subject on this morning, when God is enough. When God is enough. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. On last Wednesday, during our cell ministry, um, Deacon Renee was our facilitator, and she presented the topic, giving, attitude, and responsibility. Uh, she shared the song Jira by Elevation Worship and Maverick City Music. She talked about our country's current financial crisis, um, the gas prices at an all-time high, and Food is more expensive now. Basically, everything has increased, but our paycheck has remained the same. Mm. 
We discussed Old Testament sacrificing and the different ways of giving back to God and uh, that tithing is not necessarily always through monetary means. You can tithe your time. And so regardless of our current uh, financial status in dealing with the increased prices, especially gas and food, we, the group, amen, that was on, pretty much agreed that our mindset is to continue to give our time and tithes to God because our mindset slash attitude and responsibility to him. Amen. Amen. If you believe it, amen. Some stated that God is more than enough and would supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. For me, the beautiful lyrics in the song Jara gives, gives me a sense of confidence that despite, and I shared this with them, that despite the gas prices, uh, prices usually it takes me uh, $35 to fill up my tank. Amen. Um, I um, cried out to the Lord when I saw, amen, um, you know, first he gave me the receipt, then I looked to see if he was correct, amen, I looked at the gas pump and it said $50 and some change, amen, um, so you know that was not in my budget, amen, praise the Lord somebody, uh, and then when I went to the market, Amen. And, um, you know, in Jersey, you can no longer have the, you know, I don't know about, I think in Philadelphia too, but Jersey, you know, you stop doing plastic bags. And so I had my little carry, you know, my little plastic, my carry bags that I carry with me. And, and so um, I only had four bags when I came out the market, but I spent more money. <laughs> I don't understand what, what happened. And, and so it, it was a little rough. It was a little rough. So, the, but despite prices of everything, God will provide. Amen. I know that God will provide. The words say, going through a storm, but I won't go down. I hear your voice carry in the rhythm of the wind to call me out. You would cross an ocean so I wouldn't drown. You've never been closer than you are right now. You are Jira. You are enough. Jaira, you are enough, and I will be content in every circumstance. You are Jaira, you are enough. Mm. When God is enough. The Apostle Paul founded the church in Corinth. A few years after leaving the church, the Apostle Paul heard some disturbing reports about the Corinthian church. They're, they were full of pride and, and were using uh, uh, excusing sexual immorality. Uh, spiritual gifts were being used improperly and, and there was a rampant misunderstanding of key Christian doctrines. The Apostle Paul wrote his first letter, letter to the Corinthians in an attempt to restore the Corinthian church to its foundation, Jesus Christ. So in our text, Christians in Corinth had separated themselves into several groups loyal to certain spiritual leaders and argue against each other. We know this because when you look at 1 Corinthians, the first chapter and the 12th verse, it reads, now I say this, that each of you says, I am Paul, or I am of um, Caiaphas, which is Peter, and I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? So the, the, the members of each group 
thought that their group was better than the other groups. Y'all know how it is in, in church. It ain't no different, right? We got different ministries. Our ministry is better than that cathedral. We don't play that at cathedral. But you got some places. You know, our ministry, you know, back in the day we used to call it auxiliaries. Right? Y'all remember that? Call them auxiliaries. Amen. I don't know where they got that from, but Amen. I don't know how you go from ministry to auxiliary, but uh, you know, whoever raised the most money, right? Normally was had the pastor's eye. Amen. Had the pastor's heart. Whoever raised the most money. Amen. And he was praying that it was the pastor AIDS. That's all in my notes. That's all in my notes. Amen. Anyway, Paul wanted the Corinthian church to see himself, Peter and Apollos, as servants and co-workers belonging to God. A ministry team with one purpose. In verses 1 through 5, Paul explained that they should be regarded as assistants of Christ and managers of God's mysteries. It now becomes clear in verses 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 6, that everything Paul had said regarding himself and Apollos has a direct bearing on the Corinthian situation. He wants them to stop exaggerating the importance of human leaders. Whether it be Paul, Apollos, or, or, or Peter, or their own local leaders. Come on, y'all know how some folks do. Amen. 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 Paul warned the Christians in Corinth not to have proud attitudes. There is no proper reason for a Christian to be proud. Stop popping your collar. If a Christian has any good thing, he has received it or she has received it, Received that good thing from God. James 1 and 17. Paul taught them this lesson. Do not go beyond the Bible. In other words, use the Bible to test your own thoughts and attitudes. Live in a manner that the Bible teaches. If they did that, their proud arguments would soon end. Come on, y'all. When it comes to giving, the Bible says in Malachi 3.10, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be room in my house. Test me, says the Lord of hosts, and see if I will not open up for you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Come on. When it comes to giving, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and 7, but this I say, y'all should know this by heart, but I don't. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God does a what? A cheerful giver. Come on now, Luke 6.38, I preached this not long ago. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Do not go beyond the Bible. Use wisdom in your giving. Wisdom comes from God. Therefore, ask him what you should give according to his word. And trust him in that as he stated in Matthew 6. Therefore, do not worry, saying what you shall eat and what you shall drink or what you shall wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. 
of money and time is based on scripture, not man. Come on now. Y'all know how it used to be. Some churches still may do it, but because of COVID, they probably stopped. You stand in the $100 line, stand in the $50 line, stand in the $20 line, and he telling you or she telling you to give, amen, but God, is your spirit is saying, I didn't tell you to do that. He talking to somebody else. I didn't tell you to do that. But because you feel guilty, because the man of God, the woman of God, amen, it looks like they're staring through your soul, right? You take out what you have and you get it or you write a check that you know is supposed to go towards mortgage, that you know is supposed to go towards your rent, that you know is supposed to go towards your electric bill. Come on now. Or you supposed to die when you tired the following Sunday. You had Friday night revival. But that's one of your ties on Sunday. Come on now. But, but, but because you feel like the minister is looking through your soul, he's looking right at me. I see him. I see him. Through his glasses. He's looking right at me. You give. Because you don't want to feel left out. You don't want to feel guilty. You don't want to be the one only the only one on the road that does not stand up to give. But God did not direct you to give. The Bible says for us to give our tithes and our offering. Come on, that's the word of God. That's what he that's what he says, right? He says for us to give our tithes and give our offering based upon scripture. If he tells you to give above that, then you give. But if he does not, you don't. I can't hear from God. I don't know what he's saying. Then don't move. If you don't hear from God, don't move. And don't make the usher make you feel guilty because she's looking at you. You coming out.
make sure that you're using it wisely for him. Amen. Amen. Because now you're tired because you went and did something that he never told you you had permission to do. Ooh. Ooh. You had stayed up late. You had stayed out late. And now you're too tired to carry out your assignment for God. I'll just get online. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We're going to move on in Jesus' name. <laughs> We're going to move on in Jesus' name. Ah, but you've got you've to understand, when God tells you to do something, do it. If he tells you not to do it, don't feel guilty. Maybe he, 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 he doesn't want you to give in that way, whether it be money or time, because he knows it will hurt you. Or maybe he wants us to give in another area. So that's what we need to do. But God came to remind you today that despite our economy, your current financial situation, I want to encourage you today, or the amount of time you have to give back to God, that he is able to supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Hallelujah, somebody. 2 Samuel 22 and 31 says, as for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust him. When you know that God is enough, you will be content in every circumstance. Ah, when God is enough. I still understand that life can be overwhelming. But when I reflect on the hymn that says, when peace like a river attended my way. When sorrows like sea fillers roll, whatever my life, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. When God is enough, you don't have to give in to fear and understand that not one promise that God gave his people in scripture went unfulfilled. No matter what season they were in, God kept his work. Come on, church, and Exodus 16, 2 and 3, it reads, the entire Israelite community grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the pots of meat and ate all the bread we wanted, instead, you poured us out to this wilderness to make this whole assembly die of hunger. What their testimony reveals to us is that suffering is the reason we forget that God is enough. In the midst of suffering, we are prone to question our circumstances, others and ourselves and definitely God. That's what the Israelites did. They grumbled about their circumstances complained to Moses and Aaron and hallelujah and longed to be back in Egypt. They lost sight of God. Come on somebody. Somebody say amen. 
Y'all need to be honest. Come on, y'all need to be honest. When God makes a decision <coughs> that some of y'all don't agree with, I know I don't agree with it all at all. At, at, oh, Lord Jesus.
today. So much so that if you have not accepted the Lord Jesus into your life, would you please pray this prayer with me? Dear Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and into my life. I want to trust you and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Now guess what? If you pray that prayer, you are now saved. But the next step is for you to get to a Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church. If you are interested in becoming a member of our ministry, please contact us at 856-678-6144. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. May God's grace be yours in abundance.